Pastor Dave Rolf speaks of some of the good that can come from rejection. Even though rejection is heartbreaking, even though it's challenging and difficult and it just rips you apart, where your sense of belonging is completely shattered, those rejections are opportunities for some great clarification, especially when it comes to your relationship with God. When people let you down, it gives you a chance to see that there is a difference between those people and God because he is still here for me and he has nothing to gain. And he sent his son to die for me. He loves me that much. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. And the instrument I play. Wake up my voice. Let the world hear me say, you are worshiped and exalted here today. When he walked this earth, Jesus faced rejection. And as his followers, we will too. Today on The Balanced Word, Pastor Dave Rolf will take us to 1 Samuel chapter 29. And you'll hear how David was rejected over and over again as well. Rejected by his own family, his king, his father-in-law, his wife, and even his heritage. But as you'll hear in a moment, rejection isn't always such a bad thing. Pastor Dave will also point out that we're really never going to fit in in this world as Christians. And we need to accept that. We need to live our lives in such a way that we understand belonging somewhere where we really don't belong, we've got to do whatever we can to be extracted from that delusion. And the truth is, wherever you've been, you work for a company, you think they're one thing, you find out they're another, thank God that you found out that you weren't just continuing to be sucked along. Anything that it's cost you from being delusional about them before, God has mercifully rescued you in a way that costs you enough that you'll remember this lesson for sure. And so we need to look at rejection as an opportunity for us to be rescued because that's a part of it. Now, there's something else that comes into play here. When you're talking about all these princes of the Philistines and stuff, it points out a good principle. And that is anyone who rejects you where you thought you belonged, but then you don't, it almost always has to do with power and bureaucracy and organization and a corporate mentality. That's the way it always is seen because that's the way the world works. The way people find their own niche, they create it. They set things up and they use good principles of management and leadership in order to create a power structure where they know where they fit and they know where other people fit and now they know what to expect. But when you are rejected, it's because you don't fit with their personal agenda. And that's just the way it is. And that's why, you know, sometimes churches, as they become more structured, there's a lot more of a chance for someone to be rejected because you don't fit with our personal mission statement or you, don't, you aren't the type of person that we want in our church. Sorry, you don't fit here because we know what we want our church to look like, our business to look like, our family to look like. Everyone who excludes someone and rejects them is rejecting them because you don't serve my purpose. And that's one reason why the rescue is so important. But it's one reason why Jesus talked to the disciples and he goes, listen, 
Here's the way the world does it. No judgment. But in my kingdom, here's how we do it. You want to be great in my kingdom? You learn to be the servant of all. And he didn't say, that's what you do. You be the servant of everyone until you start getting bigger and having more corporate assets and then making greater vision and plans for the future. The church is systematically being destroyed by corporate mentality. But the cost of that is that people who need a place to belong are ending up being rejected because they don't fit the mold. And so, you know, that's simply what was happening here. Sorry, we have this corporate structure. You rock the cart, so you are disposable. That's why David was rejected, even though he was a great leader and a great soldier. But he didn't fit with their agenda. One of the things that I think of for David here, too, he was way better off in the wilderness. He, he was way better off out there wandering around, even though he couldn't count on the people in the wilderness, and even though there was no way that he was going to get huge, there was no way that he was going to get famous, he was going to bide his time. But a lot of times, it turns out, you're more secure in the wilderness than you are trying to social climb and be someone that you're not and impress people you don't like who will turn their backs on you at any point. You really don't want to be a part of the in crowd if being a part of the in crowd sets you up to someday be out when you don't fit anymore. The wilderness isn't always such a bad place. Another thing for David, and this is true for us as well, even though rejection is heartbreaking, even though it's challenging and difficult and it just rips you apart, where your sense of belonging is completely shattered, those rejections are opportunities for some great clarification, especially when it comes to your relationship with God. When people let you down, it gives you a chance to see that there is a difference between those people and God, because he is still here for me, and he has nothing to gain, and he sent his son to die for me. He loves me that much. David figured this out, and over in Psalm 27, he said, when my father and my mother reject me, then the Lord will pick me up. Someone rejects you, there's one who doesn't, and you can begin to see him much more clearly I suspect for most of us that when we think of the times when we really connected with God desperately, where we really needed him, it was probably because someone we were counting on let us down. And this is the way it is. It may have been friends or church or work or family or whoever. There's a clarification that comes as um, uh, one of my Bob Dylan lyrics that I like, when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. And that's a powerful place to be when it comes to the Lord. But also, since I'm talking mostly to people who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ, there's another aspect related to that. And that is, if you become a child of God, if you receive Jesus, you take up your cross and you follow him, you know what? You're never going to completely fit in this world. Jesus in John 17, praying for the disciples, he said, they are not of this world even as I am not of this world. 
See, by being a child of God, you're already saying, I'm never going to completely fit here. And I accept that. That's just the way it is. Not that I don't engage with people, but I'm not counting on belonging with them in order to create my identity. There was that old Christian song, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. There's something sad about that and something incredibly empowering. Or Larry Norman did the song, don't ask me, I'm only visiting this planet. Once you realize you're just a visitor here, that this is not the place where you're supposed to fit, it's truly empowering to just go, okay, it's not supposed to feel like this. I am supposed to be rejected by most. Jesus was. He's God. He comes into the world, and he was rejected by pretty much everyone. But also, you learn something by looking at the disciples that he chose. They were a bunch of losers. Every one of them rejected in one way or another, and they were gathered together, and like they didn't get along that well, but they all knew what what one of the disciples said when Jesus gave him a hard saying, he goes, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can't have any part in me. And most of the people are like, we're out of here. Um, not cannibals. But there are a handful of disciples who were left. And when Jesus said, how come you guys aren't leaving? They didn't say, well, we understand you're speaking metaphorically. They said something very telling. Where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's what the people of God are supposed to be. Not a place of complete belonging, but a place where we are drawn together because we face the difficult reality that none of us really belong here, nor are we ever going to get completely comfortable and at home. And if we are, it'll only set us up for failure, but we have no other place to go. That was the disciples. And that, at its essence, is the New Testament church, where it's like you're made up like a body of all these different organs. Everybody needs everyone else, but you can't be, the nose can't be the hand, the foot can't be the kidney. Now, we're just so different, but somehow something good happens when we realize, yeah, this life is weird, and I'm surrounded by weird people, and there are other people who think I'm weird. Welcome to the church. Welcome to the people of God. If you're fooling yourself into trying to make the church more than that, to make it some corporal entity that is like, we know what we're doing and we have a plan, and a, then all of a sudden people are going to be rejected. People won't fit because and you, we just need to hire professionals to do everything so it won't be so messy. But the church, it's the place like the disciples, where it's like, and, and it's like David's guys in the wilderness. They were all broke and distressed and everything. They had no place to go. And it was depressing to David to be out in the wilderness with all these losers. But it turned out those losers was, were the ones who were going to be with him. And all of the people that he thought were awesome weren't. His best friend Jonathan ultimately gets killed fighting alongside his dad. He's not there. His, his first wife, she's not there with him. Later, after he becomes king, spoiler alert, he'll just go and kidnap her from her husband at the time. But nothing changed for David. Throughout his whole life, even when he was the winner on top, 
He didn't belong. And the people who were most dependable in his life were the ones who were the raw-edged people that you think, they've all been rejected by everyone, and so that's why they are here. And that's the makeup of the church. And there is a powerful uh, truth that when you get people who understand none of us belong, so let's get together, let's form a club like David's mighty men of all the people who don't belong. Let's make the church a place where you're welcome here if you're not welcome anywhere else. That's amazing and powerful. And if you study history, that's what America was. That's how America started. It was British people who didn't fit in England. It was French people that hated France. It was the Dutch that didn't like Holland. It was the people from every other place in the world who were then thrown together and they're like, here we are. Here we are, this new country of rejects, of people who don't fit anywhere else. Now, over time, you start to form a, you know, a, a, like a particular identity, and it, it begins to destroy that which you originally started out to do. But even the French, the French really admired the United States in the early days, because what they had tried to do in the French Revolution, but ultimately there were too many powerful bureaucrats to really pull it off. So they looked at America and thought, that's a place where outcasts fit in. And they loved it. And it's one of the reasons why the French made the Statue of Liberty to be put in New York Harbor. And you know, inscribed on it were the last couple stanzas of the poem by Emma Lazarus called The, the New Colossus. And on that, on that statue, and if you've been there and seen it, it should move you greatly because it could be about the church as much as it was about America when America started, where the message was, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, you know, longing to, be, to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your shore. Give them to me, the homeless, you know, uh, th those who are, you know, what's the last line of it? The wretched refuse from their teeming shores, the homeless, uh, send me the homeless, the tempest tossed to me. And I lift my lamp uh, next to the golden door, beside the golden door. It was like, that's what America was supposed to be. It was like, we want people who don't fit to come here. And it made us an amazing nation. One of the reasons why we were successful in the American Revolution is because there were other people who were aristocrats, like notably the French, but a lot of others as well, who were like, I hope these losers win. I want to see there to be a place like this. And as a result, we got the support, we established our independence. Wasn't too much longer after that that we began to decide that, no, we are an aristocracy and we need a king and we're going to form this huge government. And we just became, in some ways, another version of climb your way to the top mentality. But the identity, the hope of the new nation was that somehow there could be a place 
where people who don't belong could fit together. And I would propose to you that the church of Jesus Christ, from Jesus' mouth himself, that's what he desired for us to be. That the more we structure, the more we organize, the more we exclude, the less we become the place for people who don't belong anywhere else. God help us. If people who don't belong anywhere come here and find out they don't belong here either. I, believe me, I, I can see how weird some people are. I'm so glad that they have a place where they can come. And I'm not talking about any of you. I'm talking about, you know, first service people. But, <laughs> but there's a beauty to deciding I'm not going to let someone else determine my worth. I'm not going to try to fit in in a place where I don't. I'm going to get together with people where we're all united by the fact that we don't fit. We don't fit anywhere. Why? Because we are citizens of another country. Because we were designed for heaven. And no one who's designed for heaven, no one who's a child of God, is ever going to feel like this is home. If this feels like home, you need to have your eyes open to the fact that you were created for so much more than this. We look all around us. Our opportunity is to find people who are being rejected, who don't belong, and to find a way to help them believe, not that we have our own cult that they can be a part of, but that if they feel like they've been rejected, we understand because we've experienced rejection. We know what that's like. There are people in our world today, all you have to do is look at over the last couple of years what the suicide statistics have done. There are a lot more people who are deciding that they don't fit in this world anymore. And there are different reasons for it, from kids being, being bullied on, on the internet and being told they should die, and, and then they believe it and they do, they feel so rejected that they don't want life, to people who devoted their lives to serving our country in the military, laid their lives on the line, and yet today they feel so alienated they feel like, I don't know where I belong. At least when I was in the service, I belonged there. You know? But then they look and go, the message that we send them is, we're talking about giving more money to one illegal immigrant that comes across our border illegally than we give to a soldier who has devoted their very life to serving this country, and we spend less on them in medical benefits, then we're talking about just paying to people to get them to go away. No wonder military veterans, on the average 17 of them, kill themselves every day. People who were willing to die for our country, and now they feel so alienated that they don't fit in anywhere at all. People today desperately need the message, yes, you don't fit, man, this world is nuts. But there's a God who understands and loves you. And if you'll hang out with the people that don't fit, we're heading to a place where we will fit, where it all works out, where it's even, where we can find that security that we were born with. If you're born with a desire for something that this world can't provide, you were probably created for another world. And that's what it is with the people of God if you're here today or you're listening and you feel like, I've never fit, 
I really, I've been burned, I've been stabbed in the back, I've been betrayed, I can relate to David. Well, David understood, ultimately, finally, that I actually belong in another world. And I'm spending my time down here not expecting, not counting on, not looking for a place to totally fit in in this world, because ultimately, and like for David, his, in the next chapter we see he faces some horrible things and for the first time in a long time, he, he turns to God. He cries out to him. And if, if your trouble makes you do that, it's served a really valuable purpose. But I want you to know, maybe in this world you will never belong. Join the club. But I'll tell you this, there is a world where you do belong. And it makes this life bearable as we share our experiences of rejection, knowing that this is temporary. There's another place we actually belong, and it's with him in heaven. And the Bible teaches us that if we just receive Jesus, we allow him to give us new life, then our citizenship is now in heaven. Now we're just tourists looking at what's going on down here and going, boy, I'm glad this is temporary. I'm glad this doesn't last forever. You know, like people who go, you know, there's no marriage in heaven. And some people are like, thank God. But <laughs> I, I mean, I should say that the, there are studies that say that married men live a lot longer than single men. So I believe in marriage as an institution. But the same study showed that married men are much more willing to die. Um, but I could be really brave when Anne's homesick. And, and she told me she listened to first service, so I think I'm okay. Donna, don't tell her. But that's us. We're people that come together because we don't belong anywhere. And that's not a bad thing. To be delivered from the delusion that something else, someone else, someplace else is going to do what only heaven can do for us. If you've never received Jesus, then I would suggest that you get right with him today. It's amazing how it feels when you find out you do belong somewhere. But that somewhere, you're just going to have to wait. In his timing, you'll get there. You're listening to The Balanced Word with our pastor and Bible teacher, Dave Roth. And stay with us for more teaching from Pastor Dave. We'll have that for you in just a moment. If you're enjoying this present series called Kingdom Builders, you'll be pleased to hear it's our support offer right now. We'll send you the entire series on a USB flash drive for a gift of $50 or more to The Balanced Word. And please remember, it's your gifts that help us continue the ministry on this station. Just call us right now and request Kingdom Builders. We're here to serve you at 949 362 7475. That's 949-362-7475. You can also make a donation and resource request online at thebalancedword.com. I should also mention you can hear today's program again at thebalancedword.com. Have you had a chance to listen to Pastor Dave's one-minute messages? You can listen to those at thebalancedword.com and even join our mailing list so you can have them delivered to you each day. You can also watch them on Instagram or Facebook by following CC Pacific Hills. Now let's finish our time in prayer with Pastor Dave. Lord, thank you for letting us know, watching even one of the greatest men 
who ever lived demonstrate that wherever we go, rejection will follow the delusion of acceptance. And yet, David found his home with you. And we want to as well. I thank you that we as a church, that we as the people of God, can accept those who are different than we are. That we don't have to organize and structure and eliminate anyone who doesn't fit with our vision. That we've joined this club because we know we don't belong. Help our church to always be that kind of place where no one's excluded because we're all just trying to share the common experience of rejection. Lord, if there's somebody here or listening who has never given their life to you, help them to know it's really true. It's real. Life can begin again for them and their citizenship can be somewhere way better than this place. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. After all the rejection David faced at this point in his life, you'd think he had hit rock bottom. That wasn't the case. Next time on The Balanced Word, he actually hits rock bottom. And we'll notice where he turns. This program is brought to you by Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Wake up my soul. Wake up.